Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Next Game Win podcast. In this episode, Warren and I are going to talk about all things PlayStation 5 after the PlayStation Showcase last night. Hello, Warren. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? Uh, very excited for the uh, the future of PlayStation, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. There were so many big announcements last night, confirmations, um, dates were given to certain things as well. So, yeah, very much, uh, very much excited for the future of my PlayStation 5. Um, better start catching up on some titles, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, yesterday, the obviously, the, the presentation, uh, presentation, try and speak, presentation kicked off with uh, a pretty typically cool PlayStation advert, which was a bit of a sci-fi, futuristic, mm. cool, edgy take on the game of chess. Mm. Uh, you know, PlayStation have always been quite good to, uh, you know, do quite edgy adverts. You know, there's been uh, loads over the years, and uh, that was no no exception. And then it went straight into its uh, its first reveal, which mm. um, I must admit, after, I mean, it was only a teaser, you know, it was clearly just the character emerging from the shadows, but ah, remake of uh, Knights of the Old Republic, you know, it's been long rumoured for yeah. a while, confirmation, it's there, uh, you know, coming to PlayStation, uh, com- you know, being built from the ground up, so it said, from uh, for PlayStation 5. Um, I've done a bit of research online, because at first, you know, it, it, it gave the impression that it was going to be a PS5 exclusive through and through, uh, but some reports are saying it's going to be a timed exclusive, although, um, you know, a lot of news outlets are saying that no time frame has been given, mm. so I don't know, I think details are, are quite early on, but, you know, it, was, it wasn't that long ago when a number of uh, video game news outlets were starting to say, oh, you know, there's a... There's a there's a remake of Knights of the Old Republic in the works and all oh, there's rumours here and there's rumours there. But mm. to have it finally confirmed is 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 pretty exciting. Obviously, the studio behind it is Spire, the studio who have recently been behind the ports of, um, you know, Episode 1 Racer and mm-hmm. uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, done a cracking mm-hmm. job on them. Obviously, know their, um, obviously, know the IP, uh, well, obviously, know the, the franchise, obviously, know the, the, the material. And um, yeah, it's, it's clearly in good hands. Um, I do think it's going to be one of those announcements where we're all going to be a little bit premature with a uh, with our excitement. We're probably not going to see this for a long time. Let's face no, it. No, it's it's very much one of those uh, you know you'll see this in five years teaser trailer type things. You know, I heard that that um, iconic piece of music, um, and then the lightsaber lit up, and I just yeah, I got I got goose pimples straight away, um, and excitement for for the title. Um, you know, it's a really interesting one to kick off with, I thought, you know, um, obviously yeah, a very yeah. established title, but, you know, a very interesting one for PlayStation to say, you know, this one is the one for us to launch our our showcase with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I turned to my wife and said to her straight away, yeah, yeah, they've got my attention now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. a cracking one to kick off with. Yeah, and I think, you know... I, We'll obviously get onto it later, but it was it was an interesting mix of um, revisiting um, previous titles. Um, you know, we spoke about it in the last podcast. You know, the power of nostalgia is is very powerful, and we saw that in droves last night. Um, but it also was peppered in with a lot of very exciting, a lot of very uh, big titles as well. So a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, in terms of the Knights of the Old Republic title, I mean, what do you remember from that title um, way back when? What did you sort of take away from it and what you're looking forward to um, on this one? Do you hope it's going to be a complete remake or a reimagining? I know I've sort of hit you with a few questions there. 
Um, no, it's a good point, really, because obviously Aspire, uh, you know, the previous couple of titles that they've, um, you know, put out there with the, uh, you know, in, in in the world of Star Wars, i.e. sort of Racer and Jedi Academy, they, they have been sort of enhanced ports. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's clearly what they're known for. But mm-hmm. the terminology in the trailer did say remade. So, you know, take that as you will. It's slightly indicative of a, a, a from the ground up remake, uh, which to be fair, I, you know, I would say would benefit it would benefit the title greater than than just a port uh, and yeah. you know I've, I've tried to revisit knights of the old republic recently um it's one of these original xbox titles oh you know and indeed pc titles but it's one of these original xbox titles which um is upscaled to 4k on the xbox mm-hmm. one x and the xbox series x and even with a you know a 4k um you know polish it I'm not going to use the word clunky because that's a little bit cruel, but it, it, yeah. it, it's showing its age. Uh, and I think it would, um, you know, it's a cracking title, but it would absolutely benefit from um, the benefit of sort of modern sort of rendering techniques, modern um, sort of art styles, things like that. You know, it, it, the, 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 the content is there. Just then um, <laughs> rebuild it for a new, for a new audience. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah, it, it's prime for that. It really is a perfect project for that kind of approach. Yeah, and that's that's you know I said that in the last podcast um, as well. New podcasts every Friday. Um, you know, I, we're at a sort of turning point now where um, you know there's there's a lot of titles now that you know seventeen, eighteen year olds, sixteen year olds have never touched because just. You know, that's they were, they were too young at the time uh, to play them. So it is about engaging a new audience, um, fresh eyes. They don't come in with any preconceptions of the previous title. So it'll be interesting to see what direction they take it in. Um, and if they'll um, stick to the original source material or if they might get a little bit, you know, creative with it and maybe add some more modern features um, that weren't necessarily around when the original uh, sort of first hit the shelves. Oh, absolutely. Um, I always feel with these podcasts, Paul, we we accidentally um, veer into the the realms of t- being two old men. <laughs> and sort of saying the, the, the youth of today, you know, it wasn't as good. Uh, you know, it's not as good now as it was in my day. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I absolutely take that point. You know, they, you know, the, the, there's, there's so many incredible games, Knights of the Old Republic included, which deserve a second chance to be put in front of a new audience. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and reinvigorate that magic that, you know, 15, 20 years ago when we, when we played the original, um, you know, in our teens, um, they can experience that as well. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the next trailer was an interesting one because it was yeah. quite cryptic. It obviously started with a Square Enix um, sort of header, a splash screen, a title. And so I was like, right, okay, my mind's racing now, you know, which, existing franchise could this possibly be is it something new and i thought wow you know the the it has um a slight feel of bayonetta to it in places yeah. the, the environments are absolutely stunning what is this what is this and then i saw <laughs> one of the subtitles because obviously it was in japanese one of the subtitles i'm sure it used the word parasiting or parasite or something and then it referred to the character as eve and i got really excited i went oh man <laughs> it's a new parasite eve and I was like, yeah, brilliant. And you, oh, it's very different to how I remember Parasite Eve. And then obviously at the end, it was Project Eve. And I was like, oh. So even though it looked amazing, mm. and don't get me wrong, it looks absolutely stunning. I was like, I'd, I'd sort of inadvertently geared myself up for it being some bizarre take on Parasite Eve. 
But um, yeah, that that personal mistake aside, it looks incredible. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it's a studio that I wasn't familiar with. It's a studio called um, Shift Up, which um, I believe are a Korean studio. Mm. And they were previously uh, responsible for a mobile title called Destiny Child, uh, some mobile RPG. Right. Um, so I, I think as far as I can work out, as far as I, I've sort of seen looking on about a few various websites and things like that, um, this is their first sort of big console AAA title. And I mean, it, it looks incredible. Yeah, it I was going to say, like, for your, first, amazing. for your first swing of the bat, you know, it's it's obvious that they've brought in um, a, a lot of great talent. Clearly, they've they've brought in a lot of great talent um, to, to work on this title because it just looks phenomenal. Um, in terms of, well, something quite funny happened to me last night when I was watching it. And obviously, it was in, it was in Japanese. But then the next trailer was in Japanese for me, and I sort of realised I'd wa- I was watching the Japanese, um, <laughs> the Japanese version of the stream, and sort of went, "Oh right." Um, so yeah, that that was something that happened. But no, the, the title looks incredible. Um, it's not traditionally a title that I would sort of look at playing. I've just never have played anything like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry or you know these kind of titles. It's it's just never really been my cup of tea. But you know, it, it, as far as it looks graphically and, and gameplay wise, it does look it looks phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's another testament as well. You know, there's a lot of uh, upcoming titles. There's been a lot of publicity. There's been a lot of um, trailers and tech demos all showcasing uh, Unreal Engine 5. Mm. It's worth noting that this particular game is only, well, I say only, it's still notable. It's Unreal Engine 4. And it really still shows that Unreal are just, you know, absolutely top of the game in terms of what they can offer developers. Um, So, Yeah. yeah, no, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, I might I might give it a go, and, and it might be the title that turns me onto this, you know, these type of titles. Um, but as you said, you know, Unreal Engine is just as far as Unreal Engine Four goes, it's still got so much to offer, and you know, it's it's very exciting going into um, the next few years with Unreal Engine Five and seeing what that can offer up. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of um, um, hardware upgrades required for, for the future, but um, I'm excited for it. And, you know, I, I've got a, um, on my phone, it's 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 an OLED screen on my phone and, you know, it just made me very envious that I don't have an OLED TV. So, you know, I think I'll be, I'll be saving up for that um, over the next coming months to, to get a, a, an OLED version of these games on, onto my screen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in terms of the next title, I know it's um, a sort of a series we're particularly fond of. Um, the um, Tiny Tina game. Yes, that looks phenomenal. You know, I, myself and uh, my wife Paige, I, I sort of pulled her to one side and showed it, um, showed it to her because you know we're big, big, big fans of the Borderlands titles. Um, we play them couch co-op. Um, all the time and so obviously with this one coming through we're very excited for it it's interesting new twist to it it looks as though it's had a bit of a graphical upgrade as well um obviously new characters coming into the fold as well which is nice and refreshing um and after the last borderlands um title obviously you know it, it was an awesome game um but you sort of sat there thinking i hope i don't need to wait the same amount of time between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3 from my fix. And luckily we, we don't need to do that. Yeah. It, it's funny you say about Borderlands because it, funnily enough, myself and my wife 
and we played all of them co-op as well and um you know it's a game that i remember playing with my mates as well um and it, it is one of those games that i i can always come back to for a, a, a real solid co-op experience and, and one of the personal highlights of playing through borderlands 2 was the tiny tina's assault on dragon keep dlc yeah it just it just worked i mean the dlc all of the dlc for all the borderlands you know these these very rarely a sort of a bad egg amongst them they're all fantastic yeah. um, but the, the tiny tina um assault on dragon keep was was such a, a personal highlight and when they they originally announced uh, tiny tina's wonderland i was like yeah brilliant you're, you're absolutely backing up the right tree with that one and it was just nice to see quite a lot of gameplay footage for it and um, you know it yeah. looks like they've obviously mixing guns they're mixing that with magic there looked to be quite a few um sort of attacks that were almost third person i thought the exact same the... thing yeah a bit yeah. of a it gave me a sort of di a diablo type feel um or maybe like a moba type um sort of um bird's eye view type look and that's interesting. It's good to know that they're not just reskinning um, the title. Um, you know, they, they are being creative with it and looking at new ways for people to 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 play these titles. And you know, the thing that I like about it mostly is is that you know they don't take themselves too serious at all, and it looks as though it's no. just going to be good fun. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, next game, another one from uh, Square Enix. Um, this one. I sort of sat there just quietly watching this and I was like, what's going on here? And then uh, when sort of the main protagonist, you know, she was sort of in the street, she got beat up by bullies at one point. I was like, where's hmm. this going? And then all of a sudden she sort of stepped through a portal into this bizarre, mysterious fantasy world. Hmm. Uh, and then it's really sort of caught my attention. I was like, this looks, yeah. mint. This looks fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I did the same as you and I sort of, was like where is this going what direction is it going in and um and then all of a sudden bang it, it just sort of ramped up and you know the gameplay looks phenomenal uh it looks like a very pretty game and you know me warren you know hopefully some of our listeners know me as well i like original stories i like things that are fresh and new and offer something new to the plate um so i'm excited to see what this story is what the protagonist is and and you know what direction it decides to go in um it looks like a fast-paced game from what i can tell uh from the trailer which is always my cup of tea i like something that's just action from start to finish um but yeah I, I, it's hard to form an opinion around it because you know i yeah, wasn't too early days. there wasn't a lot to sort of take from it they didn't give a lot away so all i can sort of say is that i'm excited to find out more really yeah, definitely. For spoken, it's it's definitely now on my radar. Is all I can say with that one. Um, I think the next one was an interesting one, and and it's a series that, for me personally, um, I've always had a quite an interesting relationship with. Um, it was Rainbow Six Extraction. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I remember playing Rainbow Six on my PC in secondary school. Uh, playing you know, or playing up to you know the second one, playing Rainbow Six Rogue Spear. Um, Vegas. Did you ever play Vegas, Rainbow Six Vegas? This is what I mean. It, Rainbow Six for me personally, and again, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion of that. It's not necessarily a series I dislike. It's just a series that I, I sort of grew apart from. Mm. Um, you know, I remember reading the original book by Tom Clancy. Uh, I really got into that. Loved the first two games on the PC. And then as soon as, from Vegas onwards, I, I, I kind of lost interest. And so I'll be honest, you know, I hold my hands up and, you know, I want to be completely transparent. I'm not the best qualified to, to, to sort of digest 
where the Rainbow Six series is. Mm. Funnily enough, though, my nephew, who's um, he's, uh, 14, 15, he's probably the last person who showed me Rainbow Six. And yeah. I was like, yeah, actually, it looks quite good. But I, <laughs> it's going back to that, what we were saying earlier, I just felt like such an old man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, with Rainbow Six with me, you know, a Tom Clancy titles, you know, the first Tom Clancy title I played was, and probably the same for everyone, was uh, Splinter Cell. You know, that was the first Tom Clancy title I played um, on my original Xbox. And, you know, I fell in love with it because it was it was difficult. And I was probably too young to play it, but I enjoyed it. And I watched my dad play a lot of it. Um, and then, you know, I've loved a lot of Tom Clancy titles like Hawk. I really enjoyed. Um, I forgot about that one. What was the... Um, Oh, what was the one that was a little bit like Command and Conquer? Ooh. And you could use your headset to sort of direct. Um, You're not thinking Ghost Recon or something like that? No, 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 no. Oh, we'll have to Google that afterwards. Somebody will hopefully be able to tell us. Um, But yeah, you know, there's a few other Tom Clancy games that I really, really enjoyed. And Rainbow Six, I think... The thing is, is that you either are, it's, it's, it goes back to this old debate, doesn't it? Like, you either a Call of Duty person, a Rainbow Six person, or a Halo person. And, you know, yes, you can be all of them, but I think if you're so used to one particular title, it's kind of hard to evolve into a different one because the, obviously the mechanics are very different, the game is very different. And so it's never been something that I've, I've, I've played a lot of, to be honest. So I can't really form a critical opinion or a positive opinion because I've just not played enough of them. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, we we, we have a, a genuine appreciation for all games and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we don't have any sort of negative opinions of, of sort of many games out there. No. Um, and the thing is with sort of Rainbow Six, you know, we, we, we would put our hands up and say, you know what, it looks fine. It looks great. Mm. It's not necessarily a series I've sort of played, so you know I'm not going to muddle yeah. my way through it and pretend and that, to. And uh, that's to it, you know. Don't take don't take my lack of playing it as some, you know, as me not liking it. It's 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 not that at all. It's just simply yeah. I've not played enough of it to to form a good enough opinion um, about it. So yeah, it's an interesting direction to take it in. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the sort of the sci-fi infused sort of creatures slash uh, slash a zombie um, sort of weird apocalyptic sort of side to it um which in some regards sort of begs the question whether or not that would have benefited from being its own game and its own universe you know whether or not um you know should it have been not using the term bolted on but should it be part of the rainbow six um sort of universe i mean i've got three websites open on my uh, my screen as we're talking just having a look at a list of um, sort of games that were announced and things like that um and yeah, there's very little information really when people are sort of casting their opinion on it. He says, "Yeah, it looks, you know, it looks well made. It looks like it'll be fun." On, on to the next game, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, fair enough. You know, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. I'm sure it'll be good. You know, Ubisoft have uh, have a very high quality bar, uh, and that's yeah. something that we can sort of rely on them for that. But um, and I it's know, like sh- I said, it's it's one of these ones that I'll sort of watch cautiously from a distance. I think I don't know if it's for me." Yeah, and it's it's you know it's a it's a hugely you know they don't have to worry about us not potentially playing it um, because obviously it's such a successful title for them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure the people who love it will love it, um, and I think it'll do well. Um, I think the next game was interesting in that um, obviously on the Pivot Gaming Twitter feed and the Instagram feed. Um, you know, I know we've been talking about this for a while because it's been 
it's been long rumoured for a while, ever since um, quite a while ago now, when Remedy announced that they had got the Alan Wake IP back off Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, if we cast our minds back many, many years, um, following on from Max Payne 2, uh, Remedy spent many, many years on the next project, um, became Alan Wake, they signed a deal with Microsoft, and out of that came uh, Alan Wake, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, I believe it was, I forget if I got, apologies if I got that wrong, uh, and of course, Quantum Break on the Xbox One, but then when they um, basically, you know, clawed back their independence in some respects from Microsoft, you know, they've signed a deal with 505, signed a deal with Epic, um, one of the things that they did during that period was was absolutely get the Alan Wake IP back, and lo and behold, a lot of the rumours um, were proven to be true in that we finally got a, a decent look at Alan Wake Remastered. Um, you know, it's making its PlayStation debut. As I said, it was always uh, an Xbox and uh, you know PC title, but it's coming out um, October fifth, so just under a month away. And yeah. it's, it's a funny, it's a funny, um, it's a funny one that I've uh, I've literally just pulled my finger out in the last couple of months and and, and finally finished Control. Um, growing up, huge fan of Max Payne. Um, you know, even Max Payne Three, which I know was a change of hands. You know, it was a change of studio, and it was when Rockstar um, took it on. Mm-hmm. I even loved that. Um, you know, we've spoken at length about Max Payne Three. Um, even Quantum Break, when I first got my Xbox One, an absolutely stunning game. Um, you know, it, Alan Wake just passed me by, and I think it was purely because, as a teenager. I was like, oh, you know, they've, they've gone over to Microsoft. And at the time, I was a big PS3 fan. I was like, oh, gutted. So it just circumstances lent it to me not sort of getting on with the game straight away. But then in the in the last couple of weeks, I've started to play via um, Xbox uh, back and part. Uh, I've started to play the 360 version of Alan Wake. And I'm admittedly, I'm about two and a half, three hours in. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have to stop now uh, and do myself and a favour. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it seems daft to carry on with that one. You know, it, it, it sort of ties in, you know, for me, it's, it's, I'm happy it's happening, um, but I'm also slightly, um, you know, slightly uh, worried that it's yet another title onto my backlog that I need to get catch up on, you know, because um, for me, when I was sort of, you know, there was from sort of 13 to 15, all I played was online multiplayer Call of Duty play Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, whatever. I never played a solo game for a few years. And then when I was 18, for a small period of time, I stopped playing video games completely, um, just because I was going out and partying and things like that. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, I'm sort of back, back, obviously working in the video games industry for the last few years. And so trying to catch up on those missing years is is very difficult in Alan Wake sort of was sort of in that period. So it is, it is a title that I'm aware of. Um, don't know a tremendous lot about. Um, and yeah, excited to add it to my backlog and, and catch up and, and play it. You know, I've been, I've been finding some real joy playing um, a lot of uh, previous titles, as you well know, like Assassin's Creed Unity I've completed in the last couple of months. Um, Far Cry 4, Far Cry 5 I'm on to now. Um, I've got um, God of War in my my account, Mafia, um, Last of Us 1 and 2 to complete, um, Days Gone, uh, Ratchet and Clank. So, you know, my my 
backlog. You should, you should pretty much just give up sleep, if I'm honest. Yeah, my backlog, when I'm watching these announcements, I'm like, that's amazing. You know, I've just got so many more games to complete before I can even touch it. Um, but no, no, no. So yeah, Alan, Alan Wake, you know, I, I watched it and it looked great and it looked as though it is my kind of title. Didn't know too much about it, if I was honest. Um, and yeah, I'll probably play the remastered version because, you know, it probably will be a little bit easier to digest than trying to go back to the 360 version, as you said. So I'm just going to go into it with with an open mind and, and you know, no preconceptions of what it should be. Yeah, no, that's all you can do. And, I, you know, if again, if, if we're to start, you know, analysing rumours, um, it's long been suggested that um, Remedy are indeed, well, they are indeed working on a number of projects, but one of them is rumoured to be Alan Wake too. So it always right. in good stead for a, for a, a suggested sequel moving forward. Mm. Um, another game which, um, you know, I, I watched the trailer for it and I, I, I think throughout the entire, however long it was, two and a half, three minute long trailer, I, I sort of had a bit of a smirk on my face. And that was the trailer for the... Um, the, the the native next gen version of Grand uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, um, you know <laughs> yes. it, it you know there's, there's a lot of of you know social media sites and websites and whatnot that joke that Grand Theft Auto Five is is trying to take Skyrim's crown of being released mm. on as many different mm. generations of console as possible. Um, but in all fairness, you know, I, we've joked about it before and we, we sort of say, you know, how many times are we being expected to, to, to buy Grand Theft Auto V? Um, you know, is this the final nail in the coffin for GTA 6? Mm. Um, that's that's absolutely something I've seen a lot of on Twitter. Um, you know, like RIP GTA 6, goodbye GTA 6, all in the comments. Um, but I watched the trailer last night and it was a bit of a montage before it got to the GTA Online bit. It was a bit of a montage of the, uh, obviously, the single player campaign. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? I really enjoyed the campaign. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that bit. Oh yeah, I remember that bit. Oh yeah, it was good. And you know what? I'll I'll, I'll probably buy it. Uh, I think the only the only sort of quibble I've got and the only concern I've got is that Grand Theft Auto Five has almost become a bit of a meme itself on YouTube mm. for uh, showcasing. AI upscaling, um, you know, graphically impressive upcoming rendering techniques. Um, you know, there, there was one a couple of weeks ago um, which used footage from GTA 5 and upscaled it to what was effectively reminiscent of real life using um, a, a, it was a combination of sort of, um, oh, it was like filters and AI. And, uh, you know, I'm not even going to pretend to know what I'm talking about in that regard. <clears throat> so, it, you know, we, we have seen GTA 5 look its best mm. on YouTube via a lot of fan projects and a lot of, um, you know, various little hobbyist projects and things like that. Graphically, I'm not going to say it's going to be a step down, but graphically it's got a lot to live up to because people's expectations are out there. You know, it, it, it is an old game now. I mean, we talk, it came out the tail end of the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, which was, um, are we talking 2013, 2014? And um, so, you know, it, it, it is... It is a game that can only be polished so far. Uh, so mm. far, however, contrary to my own statement, Rockstar, no denying their credentials, absolutely no denying their technical prowess, mm. and they are masters in their field. So they may very well pull something out of the bag where you think, "Wow, this game looks brand new." So I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence with it at the moment. See, I had I had several thoughts 
on it while I was watching the trailer of a game that I've played many a time. Um, you know, it seems, you know, it got to the point where it was like just look, watching, you know, I don't know, someone drive around a street you've you've actually been to, you know, it, it felt so familiar. But, um, you know, in terms of time, I was 19 when that title came out, um, <laughs> you know, 26 now. Um, I remember it like yesterday when I went out to buy it, I had an Xbox 360 Elite, um, bought it uh, from the local Argos, waited a while when you went before, you, you know, it was a physical, I think it's probably one of the last physical copy games I've bought. Um, and yeah, I remember it coming out and then I bought it for Xbox One. And then I will no doubt buy it for, for the next generation too. But what it made me think is a few things. One, you know, I think Rockstar are being incredibly careful because I feel as though GTA um, 4 was, it was a love or hate. It was a bit Marmite, you know. It, it, it was clearly very impressive from a technical perspective um, at that period of time. But I think a lot of people... Uh, enjoyed it and I, I think a lot of people didn't enjoy it either uh, I think they were probably looking for a little bit more uh, San Andreas don't take it so serious type angle and so when uh, GTA 5 came around and you know it, it was a little bit more character creation almost um, in terms of buying clothes and, and that kind of thing and customizing cars and doing silly stuff um, you know it went down really well. Um, but what it also sort of made me think about is how well they can preserve a title. You know, it doesn't, it just shows that you don't have to make a game every year to be successful. You know, you don't have to churn out, um, you know, one, two, three, four, five over a five year period. You can, you can sit on something and really sort of curate it. Um, and, you know, they're probably using it as a bit of a test bed as well in terms of new features for if they are going to release a new uh, Grand Theft Auto title down the line. You know, it's 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 an open sandbox for them to push things out, see if it works and then pull it back in if it doesn't or, you know, tweak certain things and try certain things. Um, so, you know, it's like a live beta effectively for their next title. Um, and as well, you know, it just goes to show that, um, you know, there is a fan base for these things and these fan bases stay as long as there is, um, you know, there is constant updates and, and genuine care in titles. So, you know, if you don't get it right at launch, it's not a problem as, as much as it used to be. Um, just really take the time to, to, to correct it. I'm not saying that GTA was bad when it came out. It definitely wasn't, but, you know, I think a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of stories of, um, if it doesn't hit straight away, let's let's scrap it and let's move on to the next title where, you know, it's what, seven years, coming on to eight years now that GTA's been out. Just take a little bit of time and and um, fix any issues and, and develop new features. So there you go, Rockstar. Paul says, don't be rash. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, look for, I'm looking forward. I mean, I played Red Dead Redemption 2. That was... I was going to say, I know that's you know, one of that, your fun, like one of your... Yeah, and I love that title. And I mean, there was a lot of very impressive things in there that you can tell were a step up from um, 
you know, a step up from from GTA. And the thing is, Rockstar, they like to take the time, don't they? You know, it's historically proven that they like to take the time when it comes to titles. I mean, this is the biggest gap in between the GTA franchise, but I'm sure that they'll have a lot of features and tricks up their sleeves to to ensure that, you know, they'll, they'll knock it out of the park because... Every time they release a game, it seems to be the biggest selling game of all time. So um, no doubt the next one will be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think another trailer that I was quite excited to see really was uh, as someone who's a big fan of um, The Evil Within 1 and 2 was um, Tango Gameworks' new title, uh, Ghostwire Mm. Tokyo. There's been very little sort of released about it, other than you know a couple of teasers, a couple of short trailers. Yeah. Um, they obviously showed a, a really tasty looking new trailer. Um, and there's a particular website that I've got open at the moment. I, you know, I won't say what it is, but it, it sums up exactly sort of my thoughts. It just says, "Still looks fantastic. Still has a silly villain. Still no release date." <laughs> and that's there's exactly my thoughts. I'm mm. like, yeah, that looks that looks right up my street. You know me, Paul. I like a game that's well and truly bonkers. I like a game that's got a bit of a, mm. a weird edge to it. That looks fantastic. Um, but, you know, I'm as frustrated as the next person in that. There's very little to go on with it. Where, where do you sit with that kind of thing? Because for me, trailers, you know, it's, it's a very fine line. You know, I think sometimes too much information in the trailer can turn me off. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, funnily enough, um, there is uh, this, this exact same website I'm on. There's a, there's a game which is coming up, which we'll mention in a moment, and it says it actually, in their opinion, it released uh, far too much information in the trailer. So I do think there's, there's, there's a fine line to tread. You know, you've, you've got to titivate, haven't you? You've got to uh, get people's interest and you've got to get people invested, but at the same time, you don't want to switch people off. Oh. Um, you know, like going back to the Knights of the Old Republic uh, teaser, at this stage, that's all that was needed. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but if it was, you know, two months away from launch, it wouldn't be applicable, you know. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be suitable. Well, it just makes me no. think of the um, Outer World, the previous Outer Worlds trailer, where they literally mock, um, they mock <laughs> these type <laughs> of great. trailers, you know. Oh, the Outer Worlds two trailer. Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Look at this pointless running. This won't be in the game, and it's just it's phenomenal, um, <laughs> phenomenal way to look at it. But no, I, I'm excited for it. I don't know what to expect from it. I've not read a lot into it. I don't do a lot of. Um, you know, when there's a title that I'm excited for, I tend to try and stay away from it, yeah. So yeah, yeah. that you know, I don't, I don't absorb too much. I'm going in sort of uh, clueless, really. Um, you know, so I don't know a lot about it. I know that it's going to be exciting, um, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I'm sort yeah. of in the dark a little get, bit with it. I'm going to say, I think it's just gets to watch this space, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, another one that um, we actually saw quite a lot of at um, Square Enix's last presentation um, a couple of weeks back was mm-hmm. uh, a lot of information about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, obviously, we had a trailer which, you know, a bit of a story trailer in some regards. It, it, there was a lot of details in it that hinted as to the direction it's going. Yeah. Um, you know, it, visually, it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, it was um, great. Some of the humour... You know, according to sort of various sort of you know social media and, and various websites that I've had a look at and, and try and gauge people's opinion. Some people are saying the humor is is it's hit and miss. You know, it's not to everyone's cup of tea in that regard. 
Um, but we're not we're not really having to wait a great deal of uh, time for that one. It's coming out the end of October, so you know we're talking just over a month. Yeah, and it doesn't seem that long ago that it was you know first made aware of it. So that's that's something to really look forward to. And I really really hope it's a strong single player narrative experience. I really hope. I just I've I've got my fingers crossed for that because it yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, and you know about the the previous Marvel title um, that came out of Square Enix. I have a real soft spot for it. I really do. I I I enjoyed it. You know, I, I know that there was it had its flaws and there were certain bits that not everybody enjoyed. Um, I wish they did a little bit more with the source material. I think there was a lot of opportunity to to do a lot more with it um, from a solo perspective. But you know, it's good I that think- they're, co- they're coming out and they're saying, look. You know, they're acknowledging what, what the situation is and they're saying, look, give us this other opportunity to really blow your socks off. And in terms of the humour, I mean, the, in the movie, the, the humour is a little bit hit and miss because it is, you know, it's, it's made for, for made for a more junior audience. So it can't be it can't be sort of Deadpool-esque uh, type humour. But um, in terms of fun, as you said, bonkers, um really out there type gameplay, very beautiful gameplay as well. I think this one will really blow his socks off and just be a really fun campaign to, to get through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one thing that's worth mentioning about the Marvel's Avengers game as well is that they've they've completely recognised and responded to uh, fan feedback. And it's only sort of this week, the beginning of this week, tail end of last week, that they've announced quite a comprehensive roadmap of additional content. Yeah. Um, you know, between now and Christmas. So, you know, you're not really having to wait a great deal of time for that. One no, the they added... Being, um, Sorry, uh, Spider-Man and obviously Black Panther recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, there's, there's quite a lot there, including um, sort of one of the first raids as well. So yeah. I, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, let's you know, let's not forget when when the first Destiny came out, it had its critics. It had people who criticised mm-hmm. it. There was a lot that it did incredibly well. But the developers, you know, all great developers, listen to their community and go back and and tweak and refine and add and you know amend and and respond um, appropriately to to sort of any concerns that their community voices. And I, I do think they're they're doing a fantastic job of that. Um, yeah, yeah, and no, again, it's it's one of those just all eyes are on it. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, we're going to touch on a few other announcements that came out, but how active are Marvel IPs at the moment? <laughs> They're everywhere. They're, yeah, we're, Disney we're... have clearly recognised, and I appreciate that they don't own all the announcements that have come out, technically. Um, but, you know, they, they are... Um, it'd be very One thing to remember forward. is we're, we're, we're in now a, a post-MCU world. Don't get me wrong, the MCU is obviously not over, but we've, you know, we've had uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a massive MCU culmination. Interest in the MCU is at an all-time high. Therefore, it's it's clearly sort of spilling over into other forms of media. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Disney Channel with with what if One Division, Loki, etc. Um, and I think that renewed interest is is for lack of a better term, a bit of a seam of gold, really. Which you know, video game developers and publishers completely recognise that there's interest in there. I'm just glad they're I mean, doing it well, rather than yeah. sort of say, let's give it to someone. Yeah, I don't want to say any names, but let's give it to someone who might not do a very good job. Um, let's just try and, you know, in the past when um, TV tried to translate into video games, it's never been, you know, it's not been uh, totally successful. So I'm glad that they're giving it to very trustworthy hands, uh, people who can really produce high level AAA titles. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the next title was an interesting one. And again, you know, I, I sound pretty useless in, in all regard, but it, it's, a, it's a series which I've got very little experience with, but it is something that kind of caught my eye because they, they, they were sort of little elements of almost like Left for Dead. There were, there were a couple of elements to it that I was like, hmm, okay, I'm curious as to what this is. And that was the uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, which was the, um, the free-to-play third-person uh, battle royale set in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. Mm. Um, obviously coming later this year. Um, I mean, you know me, Paul. I'm 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 such an old man. Anything that's free to play online, I'm like, no, I don't want to play with these young whippersnappers. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm playing I'm playing up to that, but you it, it, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of occasionally sort of you know play Apex Legends and things like that, but it's it's never a tagline in a game that sort of makes me um, sit up and take note. Whereas yeah. this one, I thought, you know what, with a couple of mates, this could be a right laugh. This could be. Mm. good fun it really could be and it's an in, again it's an interesting move um so yeah again you know i'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the on the franchise by any means no you know same but um again just one on the radar um, yeah and i think as well it looks it looks fun you know let's what what is my checklist does it look fun yes it looks fun does it look good yeah it looks great um you know it is there is a tremendous a lot more that, that a title can offer uh, uh, me um, in, in those ones. But no, it looks it looks good. Um, don't know too much about it like yourself. You know, unfortunately in this podcast, it's it's me just saying I don't know too much about these things. But um, I think, yeah, we'll have to both get on this one and give it a go and, and um, have a couple of beers and, and, and see if it's any good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the next game, however, I am... Really excited for. Um, huge fan of Dishonored. Love Dishonored 1, 2 and, and Death of the Outsider. So my interest in anything that Arcane has put their hand to, uh, and obviously, I mean, I've got to mention Prey in that regard as well, but I know that mm. was um, Arcane in, in the US. But, um, you know, Arcane's uh, French studio, you know, they haven't done anything since, um, you know, since Dishonored. And, yeah, Deathloop looks superb mm. i mean it looks absolutely bonkers and it, but it's got that got that sort of pseudo retro 60s aesthetic that that yeah i don't know it just does something for me i, I you know I, I really really enjoy that and again this particular website this is the title which i was I, I sort of alluded to earlier where i said you know it's perhaps released in the trailer a little bit too much about the game's premise and backstory mm. I, I, I i don't know i don't know if it did or it didn't um i i in some regards, I walked away from the trailer quite happy that I've got a bit of more uh, of an understanding what the premise is. Uh, yeah. If anything, it made me more hungry to play it. Um, for me, so yeah. what, for what it sort of uh, outlined for me is that it's got real depth and it's got real replayability. Um, you know, it's not going to be sort of a linear story that you just sort of travel down and you can only do it once in one particular way. It seems as though it, there is going to be several ways to attack one particular problem and um you know it'll it'll have people coming back time and time again to see you know what if i did it this way instead and and you know those kind of games um are, are brilliant because you know it just gives you so much to, to to go back into and it looks phenomenal yeah i mean i'm, I'm completely with you in that regard i mean you know me i'm a, a huge first person shooter fan but if there's something that i i 
particularly find enjoyable it's it's that playing your own style playing mm-hmm. your own way uh, approach and i think two big franchises two big um sort of titles which have completely nailed that in the past sort of decade for me have been absolutely dishonored you know take a stealthy approach do this do that the other you know going all all guns blazing um but then another title was um, was deus ex you know the two recent iterations of deus ex uh, mankind divided and human revolution and i sort of think in some respects you know if Deathloop uh, continues that success that they've clearly, um, you know, crafted rather expertly at Arcane in in Deathloop, and mm. um, they're onto an absolute winner. Yeah. Um, again, it'll be an interesting one because obviously, you know, Deathloop and indeed Ghostwire uh, Tokyo were announced as uh, as PS5 exclusives pre Xbox acquisition of um, Zenimax. Mm. So you know they're going to be timed exclusives. I think it's for a year. Um, and I don't know what additional features Xbox can bring to either title, you know, a year following their release. So it's, I don't know, we're in a strange position with those games. Um, I don't think it's it's anything to do with features or anything like that. It's just about ownership now, isn't it? You know, it's it's um, it comes down to pound, shillings and pence, as we say in the UK. Um, Xbox own it, PlayStation don't. And I think... Um, that's why it's a timed exclusive rather than a full exclusive. Um, I don't think it will change at all. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I might be talking no, out, they, my, out of my rear, but you know, I, I think it is just down to pure ownership at this point, where they're just saying, "Look, we'll give it you for a bit. You know, we'll honour the contracts, but at the end of the day, it's coming back to us um, at some point." No, that's what they've said. They, they, they've said all along that they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll absolutely honour the contracts because at the end of the day, it is very much that. It is a contract. Um, but, you know, PlayStation's obviously as conscious as Xbox is that ultimately following a, a period of exclusivity, whatever that period may be, um, that IP firmly belongs to, to, to Microsoft and Xbox. Where it's going to get interesting is that how are the... So for us, lucky, lucky, lucky chaps, we have both Xbox and PlayStation 5. Um, so how is it going to sit? Are people going to buy it or wait until it's on Game Pass? Because uh, well, that's an inevitability. Though, it? It's going it's to it's it's come on to Game Pass, no doubt. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one to see how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, I've got an Xbox and a PS5, and I'll probably buy it because I want to play it and not wait twelve months. But yeah, I'll buy it. That, that, I'll, I'll definitely buy it. Um, but I know that's not necessarily indicative of everyone. You know, not everyone's fortunate enough to be, have access to both um, sort of platforms. Not everyone's fortunate enough to uh, sort of plan that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, the ne- <laughs> the next thing announced, um. I th- you know what? Genuinely, I would say it was the biggest surprise of the whole presentation. <laughs> Go on. And it, it's the one thing that I I I don't know if you're going to be as you you're definitely not going to be as excited as I am. I think I know where um, it is. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, it, it obviously just started off quite cryptically, showing all this imagery, and I sort of turned to my wife a couple of seconds in and went, "That's that's the bear from uh, Amnesiac." Oh, that, hang on! That's that's the imagery from the special edition of uh, of Kid A that I've got. Oh, hang on! This is Radiohead. What's going on here? And then it said, obviously, um, you know, Radiohead and Epic Games are collaborating on some some kind of new project mm. uh, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of, of um, both Kid A and Amnesiac. Now, 
bit of information about me, Paul. Kid A mm-hmm. came out in 2000. Amnesiac followed less than a year later um, in 2001. Both albums recorded in quite a famous um, sort of period. You know, they're, they're basically, some would argue, part one and part two of the same recording session. Um, they came out when I was 15 and 16, so a typical angst-ridden uh, teenager. Huge fan of the Benz, huge fan of OK Computer, when Kid A came out, when Amnesiac came out, they are still the Radiohead albums that I listen to with a great deal of passion and interest and nostalgia uh, to this day. And I never thought in a million years there'd be some bizarre, epic collaboration. And when I say epic, I don't mean as an adjective. I mean a, a collaboration with Epic Games as some weird, commemorative, interactive, um, gamified sort of piece. Mm. It's absolutely bizarre. And um, but I'm well excited. <laughs> you know, I've loved these albums for two decades. I can't wait for it. Yes, you know, they, they you know, they've they followed it up with many fantastic albums like Hail to the Thief and uh, In Rainbows and things like that. But that that was a period where yeah, their music was was it, it did something to me in my teens. It sort of resonated in a way that you know a lot of their music afterwards I was interested in, but it didn't sort of quite have the uh, the impact. But um, yeah. How strange. How, yeah, it's, how it's really interesting. Weird. It's interesting because, well, for one, you know, you said I'm not going to, I appreciate it. You know, I think I was just too young to sort of capture the, the Radiohead thing. Um, you know, I listened to the Beatles and I was too young for that. But, you know, it's just a band that I've never really tapped into. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, that they're going down this route of, you know, collaborating together. Um, I don't know what to expect. Um, obviously, I think, Ep- I Epic say, have yeah. Epic have you know Epic have uh, experience with things like Fortnite and album launches through Fortnite. So I don't think they'll go down that route because I don't think it's their marketplace. Um, Radiohead could be wrong, but <laughs> um, it, it, you know either way, you know they they have a bit of history doing that kind of thing, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I don't know what to expect it is such an no, unknown no, no, no. quantity I, th- I think the point i'm trying to make is that you know if we were to have an if we were to have you know if we were to have gambled and, and put a bet on pre-presentation you know i would have predicted um that a number of uh, playstation first party studios had, you know show their wares you know i would have predicted perhaps mm. a bit more of final fantasy 16 or you know there's loads of things that we kind of predicted would have been there if someone had told me 10 minutes before the presentation, oh, Radiohead are going to be in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? You know, I, I absolutely would not have believed that. So no, that's just, yeah. I'm excited, but I'm I'm absolutely bamboozled by it at the same time. Which do you, you, don't get me wrong, it, it's typical sort of Radiohead from that era. Yeah. Uh, some, would, some would argue easily not just confined to that era, but for me personally, it, it's, yeah, absolutely. Do you think it, this is a sort of um, lean into how, licensing and, and, and advertising is, is going to change going forward because obviously as I said to you you know um, platforms like Fortnite have done several um, huge sort of album and single releases with major uh, major artists um, as well as you know they did a huge collaboration uh, on the last Star Wars type, uh, movie um, and then obviously they've got several sort of um things like uh, Batman skins, Marvel skins, all this kind of thing. But do you think that, you know, 
in terms of hitting an audience, do you think video games as an advertisement platform is going to be something that will be locked into more? I don't know about... I don't know because it, it, you know, product placement was always perceived as, as quite a dirty word. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a, a lot of people have opinions of it in movies. Um, mm. I'm not a big fan of product placement in games unless it's almost. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's hundreds of games that have got product placement, and one that weirdly springs to mind is is like Metal Gear Solid Four. You know, where he's got he's like his Sony Walkman and uh, you know his Sony MP3 player and stuff like that. And but I, I thought you were going to say Crazy Taxi. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that as well. But then they, I don't know. Product placement is, I mean, that could be the pro, uh, that could be the um, the subject to a sort of another podcast moving forward because it's such a complicated um, subject. But I, what I, the, the point I thought you were going to make, weirdly enough, was was about their collaboration, like you say, specifically with Epic, uh, presumably, you know, not presumably, almost with with you know 100 certainty, it's going to be using Unreal Tech. Um, one thing that we've we've seen over the past couple of years is Unreal being used increasingly in advertising. It's been increasingly used in um, you know the the TV sort of media space. You know, famously, The Mandalorian uses virtual sets. Um, you know, using um, Unreal Engine and things like that. And I, I sort of think it, it's it's another project that just goes to show the increased versatility of that tech. It isn't necessarily just confined to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. I don't know. There's, there's, but yeah, product placement in in games. We should well do something about that. That would be, uh, that'd be a right can of worms. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, yeah, it's like throwing a grenade in a room, and it it's just gonna create a right mess. But um, no, I think again, it's one of those ones where I sort of watched it and I was like, cool, and then I didn't think too much more about it because it's. It's not really something that I know too much about. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Um, another one that was, uh, you know, something genuinely I knew nothing about was that, and again, apologies, uh, I'm going to pronounce this completely wrong, but it's spelled T-C-H-I-A, Chia, Chia. Mm. Um, that, you know, it, was ex- it had sort of elements of exploration, puzzles, action. It, it seemed to have as well, some would argue, on, on sort of various uh, sort of platforms that I've been reading through, uh, a bit of an environmental message as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looks it looks delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise highlight. Um, you know, it came out of nowhere, much in the same way uh, Project Eve and Forspoken did. It just, you know, where's this come from? Um, and it just looks a really pleasant little game. Again, you know, it's, it's difficult to fabricate an opinion on it because there's this... I know so little about it, but it's it's just one of these again where I'm thinking, yeah, absolutely. Moving forward, it's on my radar. Yeah, and I think you know I watched it and I was like, wow, that's really cute. <laughs> you know, it looks as though it's a very well made game. Um, I like the sort of when it started off by playing the guitar. I thought that was quite cool. That remind um, oh, you've not played um, Last of Us Part Two yet, have you? No, not yet. It, it very much reminded me of that. There's a bit in uh, Last of Us Part Two which is very very similar to that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But so yeah, it'll be no, interesting that. to see what they sort of do with that mechanic. And, um, you know, it, it it's one of those sort of games I'd sort of put in a category of therapy, you know, not therapy. <laughs> it's sort of therapeutic in its, in its nature. You know, you play it, it's very calming. It's very, you know, soft. It's, it's quite cute. It's, it's just a fun little game to play and a nice little story um, from what I can tell um, about it. And, it looks really nice. It looks like a really well-made game and very pretty. 
Uh, the environment looks awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like it. It looks like a really good game. Um, will I pick it up? TBC, to be honest, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it, no doubt it looks as though it's going to be um, on a lot of people's um, wish lists for for the next coming months. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it was round about that point in the presentation where I, I sort of genuinely turned to my wife and said, where's all the PlayStation first party stuff? And then all of a sudden, um, Herman Hulst, obviously head of PlayStation Studios, mm-hmm. chirped in and said, you know, obviously we've got a lot cooking away. Uh, have a look at this. And I went, oh, OK. There's almost if you, you've just heard me. Um, one of the big things that it kicked off with, it said, obviously, um, you know, it came up Insomniac. I was like, right, yeah, this is clearly going to be uh, Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Clearly wasn't Spider-Man 2. I was like, what is this? It clearly, yep. you know, the moments of the barroom brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as he made his fist on the bar, went, I said it. Wolverine. I, before, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said it to Paige. Before his, um, before the sort of claws came out of his fist, I was like, yeah. Wolverine, straight away. I mean, how amazing is that going to be? You know, it, it, there was a particular website I was looking at earlier, and it said Wolverine is one of those um, characters that, in video games, hasn't had the spotlight yet. Well, um, I disagree with that slightly. In terms of sort of the backstory and exploring his past and the depth mm. and things like that. Um, but in terms of sort of the, you know that the hands that have you know the, the the people are making this, they've absolutely proven themselves. Yeah, you can. I, you know, I mean, Ratchet and Clank, you know, Spider Man, mm-hmm. they are just true and true born storytellers. Yeah, and you know, from a technical perspective, masters in their field. So Insomniac, yeah, I can't wait. Really, can't do you wait. play any of the um, the old Wolverine titles? Yeah, they were sort of more tied in with the movies. And I, did I you not enjoy of, them? I love them. I thought it was so good. I, d- I don't know. I always sort of found them to be sort of slight movie cashings in that regard, rather than sort of carbon. They were. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. But it was during that time when a lot of those type of titles were around. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. And as, as a character out of the MCU, you know, I'm expecting this to be a button, button mashing game of just amazing sort of, uh, you know, fight sequences. Um, you know, I, I expect it to be quite dark in certain places because his storyline is very dark. Um, so I think it's going to get quite gritty. It's going to, the story um, is going to be very good. And obviously, as you said, Insomniac Games have, you know, they've got nothing to prove in terms of this title. You know, you just sort of sit back and enjoy what they'll come up with because I know that it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to sort of Spider-Man, what they did with that, you know, they they took Peter Parker, they made him older, you know, they gave um, Dr. Octavius a completely new sort of, you know, twist on the origin story. Um, and and they managed to sort of go in a direction that was both fresh, but also faithful to the original source material. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, they, they've absolutely proven themselves. And clearly Marvel uh, and Disney feel they've proven themselves also. Um, to you know, to give them um, the Wolverine license, but um, yeah, can't wait for that. It's interesting, isn't it? That you know, Marvel are clearly sort of playing the field a little bit. I think in terms of I, 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 who the who has handle of the IPs, but as I'm saying that, I'm not too sure. Does Sony own? They don't own X Men anymore, do they? 
It was but 20th Century what, Fox, and then Fox, Disney yeah. bought Fox. Well, this is what I was going to say. You know, the 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 beauty of the Spider-Man franchise is that the particularly the well, absolutely the movie rights and potentially sort of other elements of the Spider-Man license have always been owned by Sony, and so <laughs> it was always perceived as a natural fit that. Mm-hmm. The um, you know a first party PlayStation studio was you know to develop a Spider Man game for mm-hmm. a PlayStation console. I think there's a lot of questions really that come out of this one. In that, at the end of the day, this Wolverine game is presumably going to be a PlayStation exclusive because it's a PlayStation first party studio that are doing it. Yeah, um, I mean, it sort of makes you wonder one hell of an agreement going on behind closed doors in order for Sony themselves to secure that as a character to use exclusively. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Sort of makes you wonder what's been going on there. You know, very I, interesting. If if I was to put my uh, assumption hat on, you know, because this is purely assumption and I don't know anything, um, but you'd sort of <laughs> say, well, you know, Disney and Sony already have a very very good relationship, um, through the Spider-Man MCU titles, uh, movies, and his introduction into the. Uh, into the Marvel movies, um, and so maybe this is just to look, say, look, we we're together on this. We're working together. We trust each other enough to sort of work continuously on projects that don't include, uh, you know, the Avengers and things like that. So, you know, maybe it's just bolstering that relationship a little bit more, um, mm. and and throwing Sony a bit of a bone for saying, you know, thanks for not, you know, hitting a wobbly on on Spider-Man back a few, you know, two years ago, whatever it was, when they tried to pull him out of the MCU. So I don't know. I don't know what the the, the ins and outs of it are, but clearly something is is happening on the background. But as a consumer, we get we get all the spoils. We don't have to worry about the, you know, the bureaucracy of it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, another one again, uh, I mean, this was probably one of the uh, the announcements that wasn't, particularly surprising if i'm honest um that uncharted 4 and uncharted lost legacy are coming to the ps5 and pc it was mm. actually leak, leaked on pc quite a number of uh it was about two two weeks ago just over um some distant sort of marketplace playstation store on the other side of the world um leaked artwork for it coming to pc and it was obviously did its rounds on social media and things like mm. that so in in some respects that wasn't necessarily a shock um but I think my I think my own curiosity with that one is that I I replayed Uncharted Four probably last summer, so you know probably about a year ago now, and it is a fantastic game. Even mm. so, you know revisiting it again, it, it, it's stunning. Uh, and a little bit of me, you know, I'm I'm a real sucker for how far technology can be pushed. I'm genuinely curious as to how much better that game can look on the PS5. So. Even though I, I I sort of own it, you know, I do hope they'll have their uh, somewhat um, popular slash popular um, plan of, of of charging people ten dollars to upgrade from a PS4 to a PS5 game. I know that's a completely different discussion in its own right, and it's something that you know people feel quite strongly about. Um, but if um, if Uncharted Four in particular is a title which they support an upgrade path to, even if it's paid. You know, if it's like ten dollars, ten pounds, um, I'll probably do it if I'm if I'm honest, because it's a game that I, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's good for me, you know, because as I said, 
continuously trying to catch up on this backlog that I've got. And the Uncharted uh, series is definitely something that's on my radar and it makes that transition into something that maybe is a few years old now um, a little little less difficult because, you know, if it has been remastered, you know, I can play it on the remastered version and it's going to feel um, not better as such, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's not going to feel like I'm playing um, It's It's the best it can be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it worded that a lot better than I did. But no, I'm interested on that one. I, I don't know. Again, don't know anything about the franchise. Um, Try to stay away from it until I've played it. And then I start to consume all the all the extra um, media around it. So when I get to it, I'll no doubt enjoy it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Add that one to your list. Cracking game. Um Another one, and now <laughs> I know you're particularly excited about this one, Paul. Mm. You're a big, uh, big racing game fan, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? I, I used to be. I used to be. Um, they look phenomenal. They look beautiful. Um, yeah. And you know they are mechanical uh, marvels of how accurate they've become nowadays and how well simulated they are. Um. So I can appreciate them fully, and yeah, I do enjoy. I, I enjoy them from time to time, and things like that. But it's just not a genre that I'm obsessed with, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, you probably not guessed. Uh, you probably already guessed it, but yeah, yeah. Chatting, chatting about Gran Turismo Seven. Um, it was, it, you know what? It, Gran Turismo is a funny old series that, obviously, you know, um, there's been quite a number of mainline entries. Um, the PS4 was the first PlayStation console really first playstation home console not to have a numbered entry now it, mm. it obviously had gt sport it had gran turismo sport uh, and that was its own beast in its own right um you know in some regards it was almost like a not, not a slightly more bite-sized version of gran turismo but it was it was it tread its own path in that regard and it, you know it spoke volumes that it wasn't gran turismo 7 it was gt sport and um, it's nice to go back to sort of the, the expectations that come with a mainline uh, numbered Gran Turismo entry in that, you know, you have extensively, um, you know, extensive uh, customizable um, sort of cars, uh, customization options, try and speak, um, you know, many, many cars, different locales. Um, I just, you know, Gran Turismo, you know, love the second one, love the third one love the fifth one you know it seems to be every other every couple of titles I've, i sort of really clicked with but um that'll be a day one purchase for me because i i, I can't wait to go back and and sort of relive sort of that, that gran turismo journey of, of sort of going through the uh, the gran turismo career mode um, i really enjoyed I, the I really, um, that. I really enjoyed you know gran turismo is one of those ones that actually i did really enjoy um i, I last time i played it was on PS4 when the PS4 first came out. I don't know what number that is. I apologize. That'll be, be sport. Yeah. Um and you know, awesome. Um awesome game. It was a little too detailed for me because I don't know too much about cars, if I'm being perfectly honest. So I didn't re- I, you know, I was changing stuff that I didn't even know what I was changing. Um but I liked the go-karting stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um and you know, a feature that I enjoyed um and you know, Forza sort of implemented too was sort of almost like a management mode. Mm. You know, you could bring in racers and sort of have them race the race for you and 
you know, there was a little bit of um, sort of, you know, resource management management type title in there somewhere. Um, but again, it's a, it's a title I can very sort of confidently say that's incredible, well done. And yeah, I'll give it a go, no doubt, if you pick it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll be cracking online. Um, another title again, this, this was probably another one that wasn't, it wasn't a surprise, but at the same time, I'll 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 take any news and 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 you know footage of of this game as I can, uh, and that was um, Marvel's Spider Man Two, you know, obviously featuring Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Um, have you played much of the original yet? Um, I'm about five hours in. Well, I'm not going to say anything. I've done yeah, a lot of these. I've done a lot of the side. Done a lot of side quest stuff so because yeah. I, I tend to get absorbed by stuff like that fairly I say, all, all i will say is once you've finished that you'll you'll probably look at this trailer with uh, a different perspective or um wide or widened perspective because this yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna leave it there but for you know for those of you out there who've obviously completed both um you know the first game and indeed miles morales it's um yeah very interesting really to see what will pan out uh only downside yeah, comes out in 2023. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they've got enough on the plate where they, you know, they're churning out a title pretty much every year. You know, <laughs> they've got enough on their plate. No, Give but you, when you look at you look at them in the last few years, you know, they've really sort of, you know, they've released some absolute crackers. I'm not saying that they, say- did, they didn't before, but I'm just saying that you know, this is definitely a, a major stage in, in Insomniac's. Um, lifespan because you know they've released both the Spider-Man games that came out to critic uh, critic applause um, and and obviously consumer applause as well and did incredibly well and then there's obviously Ratchet and Clank that came out um, which was which was also sort of a, a, a marvel of a title um, and then obviously they've just announced Wolverine and now they're announcing Spider-Man Two so you're thinking wow you know they've got they're they are playing with a lot of different elements at the moment. I was going to say, and you've, you've got to remember as well with the PS5, you know, it only came out last um, November. You know, we're still within that initial 12-month period and they've managed to churn out two critically acclaimed PS5 games within that year period. Beautiful uh, as well. Know, Ratchet I've and not... came out a couple of months ago. And so, you know, like you said, I, I, I'm sort of being slightly facetious, but yeah, if there's any studio that deserves a little bit of patience, uh, yeah. it is probably them. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've not played Ratchet and Clank yet. It's going to be on my to-do list because you've been telling me I need to play it. Um, but from what I've seen from footage and, and screenshots, it's a beautiful game and oh, they, can, they can produce some incredible titles. So, you know, I'm, as I said, similar to Wolverine, I'm happy to just sit back, relax and enjoy whatever comes out of it. Yeah. Um, last one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we got to have a quite an extended gameplay look at God of War Ragnarok. Mm. Um, even though I, th- I think the one bit that that sort of did it for me, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed God of War. Um, and it, 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 the the previous God of War came at a time when the series itself, don't get me wrong, was was still you know absolutely adored by fans, but it was struggling to find its direction. Uh, and I say that with the utmost respect to the series, I absolutely do. You know, the God of War Ascension, for example, on the on the on the PS3, um, it was a great game, but 
I think a lot of people believe that it, it perhaps needed to be reinvigorated. And I think that the beauty of the, the, the PS4 title, the title prior to this, um, was that it, it was both faithful to the continuing story of what came before, but it, it did serve as a bit of a reboot as well. Um, and it was it was one of these titles that, you know, Sony Santa Monica, again, the, the, the sheer talent on show at that studio, they just came out of, of, of sort of the blocks absolutely charging ahead with, with, that, with that title. And it, it's become one of these games which is truly cemented, um, you know, the, the gaming community's appreciation for, for God of War as a series. And so, understandably, all eyes have been on the sequel. I've, uh, you know, I forget when it was first announced that it was going to be God of War, Ragnarok and all this. And for me personally, even though I knew he was going to turn up in this state, um, in this, 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 you know, of this age in the in the sequel, to see Atreus all grown up, it was like, oh God, look at it, oh wow, and it was, it was just, yeah, you you sort of feel you've been on a journey with these two characters, and, well, and indeed uh, a few many others to include, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good one, that going to be a very good one, and it looks again, I know we keep, we, you know, we keep rabbiting on saying the same sort of token phrases. But um, yeah, it just looks phenomenal, absolutely incredible. Yeah, and talking about token statements, you know, the listeners are hopefully not going to get annoyed with me by me saying I don't know anything about it because <laughs> you know, God of War is. I remember, you know, the the PlayStation Two God of War titles. Mm. So I picked up and played a few of them. Can't remember a tremendous a lot about them, um, and then obviously when they uh, reintroduced the series in the previous uh, God of War title. Obviously, I was told by you, by others, how incredible it was. And, um, you know, I just didn't have a PlayStation at the time. And, you know, um, I, I wanted to wait until PlayStation 5. And so it's already installed on my PlayStation. And much like what I've said before, it's on my to-do list. Um, <laughs> it looks phenomenal. It looks like a game I'd love. Um, and so... You know, luckily I've got that little window, you know, from now until when it's released will feel like nothing to me because I've still got to consume the last title. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. What are we doing here, Paul, talking? You need to you need to go and install uh, Uncharted 4 and start playing uh, God of War. Yeah, I've got, I've got so much to do um, and, and very little time, it seems. But no, it's, it's again, I think a very, very exciting time to be a gamer whether you're an Xbox player, PlayStation player, PC player, mobile, or somewhere in between. Um, I'm going to say, it's, it's worth pointing out that, you know, opposed to the, rather than the, the last couple of games that we've mentioned, just the way the presentation was structured, a lot of the titles are going to be coming to Xbox. They are going to be coming to PC. Um, you know, they, they just so happen to be part of the PlayStation showcase. Um, so yeah, mm. no, absolutely have to mirror what you've said there. There's a lot of very exciting things on the horizon. Yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, um, very exciting times. Got a bit of a to-do list and a bit of a wish list now for Christmas um, and beyond. So I'm sure my wife and family and friends will be happy with that one. Um, what? Um, just as a quick aside, what uh, what game are you enjoying at the moment? I'm playing Far Cry Five. Um, just rattling through that, really enjoying that title. Um, as I mentioned previous, you know, when I had that bit of hiatus um, of 
playing online games and then subsequently not playing any games at all. Um, you know, I missed missed quite a few um, Far Cry titles. Um, so yeah, I'm just getting back on back on track with it and absolutely loving Far Cry Five. It's it's fun. It's kind of spooky at certain places. It's kind of creepy. Um, it dances in and out of reality. Um, and all in all, it just it, it offers you everything that Far Cry is good at. You know, yeah. on on a plate. And um, you know, it shedded a few features that were a bit of an annoyance, um, and, and added some new ones that are that are really well received in my book. But um, yeah, really enjoying it. I'll hopefully get it finished before six comes out next month. Um <laughs> I don't know if I will because I'm obviously on holiday as well uh, this month. So I might have to um keep my eyes closed while people are playing playthroughs and leaks and 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 all that kind of thing until I finish. Far Cry Five, but yeah, what what are you playing at the minute, Warren? Oh, uh, for some bizarre reason, I had a real hankering to um, <clears throat> to play Final Fantasy. All right, uh, and I, I genuinely wasn't fussed which one, and I just found myself starting Final Fantasy Eight on the Switch purely because I was such a big fan of Seven and such a big fan of Nine, and they're two games that I can always go back to and revisit. But Eight was always one that just never did it for me. I remember buying it at the time on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. On the uh, you know the the <clears throat> the tail end of of you know the the fanfare of seven and the appreciation of seven and it just never clicked with me. So I, I'm only about six hours into it, but I'm sticking with that one. But then at the same time, just on a complete whim, I, I fired up Final Fantasy 13 a couple of weeks before it um, has now inevitably become um, uh, you know joined Game Pass, um, mm-hmm. and it's one of these games which is again upscaled to 4K on uh, Xbox backwards compatibility, and it, it just looks stunning. But I found myself in that ridiculous. Um, situation where I'm effectively sort of six or seven hours into two Final Fantasies and I'm at the stage where if I put them down I, I know I won't pick them up again so I'm having to sort of juggle these two games at the same time and like you said there's, there's so many new games on the horizon these aren't games that I can whiz through quickly no not so, at all so I'm trying to sort of put um, put daily shifts in but yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sticking with that one I'm sticking with that one Nice, nice. Well, thank you everybody for listening to our Friday episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Obviously, we are on Twitter. What is the Twitter handle, Warren? It is gaming underscore pivot. And we are also on LinkedIn and Instagram at pivot gaming. Um, so please feel free to get in touch with us with your thoughts, feelings, emotions about some of these titles that we've mentioned. Um or if you want to just get in touch and say hello, you can do that as well. Um, it's been really great speaking to everyone, even though you've just been listening. Um, <laughs> I'll see you next Friday, Warren. See you later, Paul. Always Bye. a pleasure. Thank you so much for making it to the end of the podcast. Remember, we don't only make an amazing podcast, but we're also recruiters within the video games industry. We work with studios throughout the UK, Europe, the US and Canada. So if you're looking for that next move or a new challenge, please get in touch using the contact details found in the podcast description. Cheers.